Welcome again to Hidden Truths. Today we have our host, Josh Barone, who is going to speak about your widget. Your widget does not matter. Love the title. Hi, Josh. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? So when it comes to investing, your philosophy is keep it simple, right? You don't like highly complex investments. Can you explain why, Josh? Yeah, the more complex an investment is, typically there's a bank behind it. And the bank is like a casino. They tend to build these complex investments in favor of the odds being towards them. What we find, and not in every case is the bank there, but what we find is the more complex an investment is, the less return you will get typically in it. And that investment tends to be non-repeatable, i.e. the more complex it is, it might be a one-off, it might work one time, but it tends not to be a strategy that's repeatable multiple times. And I said the map tends to favor the bank. Warren Buffett always says, if you don't understand it, don't buy it. I think we believe that kind of strategy. If I don't understand it, or if it's overly math or overly complex, it's not something that we tend to push to the people that we manage investments for. With advice. So you worry about individual investors making their own investments decisions. Tell us why. I talk about how we don't like complex investments, but the world is a complex place and balance sheets are highly complex. And when we start talking about investors making decisions, a lot of them do so without understanding the balance sheet of the company they're buying or even the valuations. You'll laugh, but most investors I see don't even know truly what an equity or bond is. The thing about a balance sheet is that it's heavily manipulated. And I'm going to go into some examples here, but balance sheets lend themselves to financial engineering. There's three sheets when you look at a company. There's a balance sheet, there's an income sheet, and there's a cash flow statement. What we find is the balance sheet's highly manipulated, the income statement's manipulated, but the cash flow statement's hard to manipulate. So when you're looking at investment, we will push you to the cash flow statement. And here's why. I'm going to give you two examples here. One is owning versus leasing. If I'm a corporation and I own a piece of property, I get the nifty trick of accounting in the terms of depreciation. So I get to write off the depreciation of that property against my earnings. It pumps up my earnings, makes my earnings look better. The opposite case is if I'm leasing, I don't get that. But in the end, if the companies are doing exactly the same thing, then you would think the balance sheet would show that. But no, it shows that company A who owned property is actually doing better than company B. That's one way to manipulate the balance sheet. Another example is it happens in the pharmaceutical industry a lot. You'll have a pre-sale. Say Pfizer just sold a bunch of vaccines to the government. And they haven't produced the vaccine yet. So most people would think that, well, they just have this huge sale. All those revenues that they're getting from the government are going to their top line, to the revenue line. But that's not what happens. What happens is the pre-sale goes to a liability on the company because they haven't manufactured it yet. And as they manufacture it, then flips over to the asset size. A company like Pfizer, who had a lot of pre-sales, will have a large liability section with those pre-sales in it, even though that's going to benefit the company in the future. It looks like they have more liabilities than they actually do. If you're looking at a company like Pfizer or somebody else, now you're saying they don't look so good because they have all these liabilities, but actually that's pre-sales. Balance sheet can be manipulated very easily, which goes to the income statement. If you have write-offs, then you know your earnings look a little different. If you're an individual investor, I would say 
learn the balance sheets, learn the tricks, and then make decisions. So just buy something willy nilly because you like their widget. The widget doesn't matter. Got it. Now I understand the title. That makes complete sense. So with all that goes in the corporate America's financial statements, what do you look for when investing for your clients? This is why the widget doesn't matter. I don't care about the widget a company makes. When people, individual investors talk to me, they always tell me about how great this product is because they're buying it, like the Apple iPhone or something else. And it's revolutionary. As an investor, you don't care about the product. What you care about is the cash flows of the company. You're not trying to buy the company product. If you're a retailer, you can go buy the company product anytime you want. As an investor, you're trying to position yourself into that flow of free cash flow, i.e. I want cash flow. I don't care what your widget is. Again, there's that little nifty title. Free cash flow is the sign of a healthy company. If a company produces a lot of free cash flow, it's very healthy. If it doesn't produce a lot of free cash flow, it's unhealthy. We're not talking about growth companies here. Growth companies are a little bit different animal. It doesn't work like this with a growth company because you're betting on future cash flow there. As a conservative investor, I'm looking for cash flow yields, and I'm looking for those cash flow yields at a decent valuation that makes sense. Think about it this way. I'm trying to buy somebody giving me cash at cheap rate on cents on the dollar. 20 cents gets me a full dollar in free cash flow in the company. That's a good buy to me. If I'm paying $2 to get that dollar, maybe I'm not so interested in that. But here's the key takeout. Your widget doesn't matter. And cash flow is hard to manipulate. So if you're really looking at the cash flow statements over the other two sheets, because they don't lie about the company health. And that's what we focus on here at Universal Value Advisors. Thank you for that. Who has the time to get in to spend time analyzing all these numbers? I mean, really. Well, I do. That's what I do. <laughs> this is why we need people like you. Thank you. That's amazing. So you have written that recession is already here, right? Of course, we've been saying that for a couple months now. We've been saying this for a long time now. So what does it really mean for investors and what should they do? The recession is key. Right now, if you listen to the media, they haven't decided if we're in recession, if we're not in recession, whether it's soft. You have all this complexity going on of this term recession. Let me tell you something. The rule of thumb is two negative GDP quarters. The government's entity defines a recession after the fact, typically. But here's what you really need to think of. Typically, a recession is followed in terms of corporate earnings are going down and corporate forward guidance is going down. If you know that that's going to go on for a period of time, let me ask you this. Why would you want to own an asset that's shrinking, that's deteriorating? And that's what's going on in a recession. As an equity investor, you're buying an asset in a recession that has deteriorating fundamentals and material earning. If you're going to buy that, I hope you pay a big discount for it because if you're paying a premium for it, you're probably not going to do very well. Obviously, people are not sure where to turn, where to find the right information. It's always a challenge. We hear trends in one channel, another trend in another channel. So it's really hard to determine what to do in a situation like that. This market, a financial advising market, is, is very similar to the real estate market. They will never tell you the asset's going to go down in price. What they will tell you is, you're giving it enough time, it tends to always go up. Just like in real estate, they'll say, real estate prices never go down, except away, except in the 30s. It happens all the time. It's not true advice. If you're a real estate investor and you knew that the price of that real estate was going to go down, would you buy it? You would think twice, or you buy it at a discount. What I'm telling you is, 
in the current situation, earnings and earnings expectations are on the downside, not on the upside. So as an equity investor, you better pay a discount for that or get out of the market for a while until that shifts, until you see positive growth and positive expectations coming out of these companies. That's what you want to see. Get it. Well, this is why having experience is gigantic here, as well as understanding the economy, right? Not every investment advisor does have that understanding of the economy, which makes a big difference in making those decisions. If you're not a big house, they have an economist, but he lives in New York and they don't have access to him. I have that New York economist in my office and I have for 30 years now. We get lots of insight from him into the macro environment. And then we take that macro environment, overlay it with some quantitative cash flow analysis like we were talking about here and come up with decisions from that aspect of it. They're good homegrown decisions, if that's what you want to call them, in our office. I'm not calling somebody with an opinion who's got to have that opinion washed out to make it good for everybody. In the big houses, what you'll see is somebody will have an opinion and then somebody on the other side of the shop will have the opposite opinion so that the house is always right. We don't do that. We put our opinions, we stand by them. And so far in the last 30 years, they've been fairly accurate. We're happy with that. There we go. But this is why it's so important to make the right selection when you work with someone like you. If you're working with somebody and they're not talking about the economy when you go in or what's going on with balance sheets, they're typically just a salesperson and they're working for the house to create sales and commissions for themselves. Right. So if you're interested in talking to Josh or to Bob, you can connect with them and go to Hidden Truth that today. Check also the YouTube channel. We'll put a link below. Subscribe to the channel. We post videos with Josh and Bob on a regular basis. They are very informative. Share also with your network. We thank you for your time and see you next time. Mm-hmm.